This is a Crisscross Picks production. In the featherweight division at UFC at Nashville, you got Sean Woodson coming at nine and one, taking on Denise Buzucha, who comes in at thirteen and two. Now Woodson five-inch height advantage at six-two. He's thirty-one. Uh, Denise just twenty-five. Woodson has an eight-inch reach advantage. Fights right-handed. His opponent is a switch dance fighter. Now, Woodson has an advantage on the feet, 5.6 significant strikes per minute to 3.5, or a difference of about 30 over the course of 15 minutes. Denise can land a takedown on average like every other round. So he's good for one or two in the fight, but Woodson, 82% takedown defense, that helps. He lost to Luis Saldana in his last fight by split decision, but he did beat Colin Anglin by KO and Yusuf Salal by split decision. So he's 2-1 and one in his last three. Now, Denise, a.k.a. the great, uh, just fought at the Contender Series, beating uh, Kaleo Romero by decision, but losing to uh, Melsic Bagdasarian by decision in a fight that he got dominated in significant strikes. So this one's easy to me. Denise needs more experience. Sean Woodson has the experience. He's been fighting in the UFC for some time. Sean Woodson's got to win this fight and represent as a veteran, that's the bottom line. But he's going to be tested, that's for sure. But Sean Woodson is the better fighter, and he's very active. I expect him to win this fight either in round two or round three. If he can't get the finish, he's going to dominate in significant strikes, uh, just like Melsic Bagdasarian did. So be a little bit closer than that, but Woodson should win to move to 10 and 1, in my opinion. Featherweight division, UFC, Nashville. In the flyweight division at UFC, Nashville, your first fight of the night. You got veteran Oday Osborne. Coming in at 12 and 5, taking on the newcomer, Asu Alma Baev, who comes in at 17 and 2, a guy who has a loss since 2017. Osborne, three inch reach advantage, three inch height advantage, excuse me, at 5 7. He's got a, uh, what is that? He's 31, Asu 29, so they're both in their prime. Now, what we know about Osborne is he's, he's a southpaw, he fights left handed, 4.3 significant strikes per minute, uh, one takedown every other round. Not too bad, 72% takedown defense. For the Jamaican sensation, he beat Charles Johnson in his last fight by split decision. Lost to Tyson Nam by KO and beat Zaruga Dashev. So he's won three of his last four. When you go further, actually, yeah, three of his last four. He lost to Manel Cape by KO before that. Now, Asu and his 17 wins, right? Three by KO, eight by submission, six by decision. Well-rounded. Uh, lost one by KO and one by decision. One of those losses was uh, to... UFC fighter Tikir Ulanbekov. And now, again, was back in 2017. So this is a very interesting fight. You know, how good is Asu? Is Osborne as a UFC fighter, uh, a veteran, uh, going to win this fight because of that? Th- these are the questions that will be answered in this fight. And these are always the toughest predictions. And they're always the first few fights of the night. Here at Nashville, it's the first fight. I don't know how good Asu Almabayev is. I just know that he's, he wins in a multitude of ways. I know he hasn't lost since 2017, but I also know that O'Day Osborne is a UFC veteran. He's got to come in here and represent. And I say that a lot, and sometimes I'm wrong. But in this one, I do think O'Day Osborne is going to win a very close decision, maybe even a split decision. But he's going to outstrike Alma Baev. Um, you know, He's going to defend the takedowns well. He's going to land a takedown here and there, but should be able to grind out a decision uh, to move to 13-5, and five. in my opinion, flyweight division, 
UFC Nashville. In the flyweight division at UFC Nashville, you got Cody Durden coming in at 15-4, taking on Jay Cadley, who comes in at 10-1. and one. Both guys stand at 5-7, Durden 6 years older at 32 years old. Hadley, 3-inch reach advantage. Both guys southpaw. I like that. Hadley has the advantage in striking 4.2 significant strikes per minute to 3.3 for Durden. That equates to roughly 15 significant strike uh, advantage throughout the fight, but Durden is ridiculous on the ground. He lands like two takedowns on average per round. He's won three in a row because of that, landing 11 takedowns against Charles Johnson. Beat Carlos Mata with four takedowns, both of those by decision. He beat J.P. Byes by K.O., uh, so he's 3-0 in the last three and shows that he can take it to the ground, grind out a victory there, or he can KO you. Now, Jake Hadley's no slouch either. He beat Malcolm Gordon by KO in his last uh, fight. Beat Carlos Candelario by submission prior to that. But the problem is 37% takedown defense. That's going to be a problem here. Despite all that, he's 10-1 and one and has an advantage on the feet. He's also a favorite in this fight. And listen, I'd like to go with Jake Hadley, and if he wins, he wins. But Cody Durden is a monster on the ground. 15 takedowns in his last two fights, and he's the underdog. Yeah, the significant, <clears throat> significant strikes are close because he's laying on opponents and he's controlling them. But listen, a lot of times that'll get you wins, and Jake Hadley is going to have to prove that he's better than 37% takedown defense before I – take him against a guy who can land takedowns. So I'm going with the dog here. Cody Durden wins, in my opinion, with a, another five to seven takedowns. That's just what's going to happen, in my opinion. Easy. He's going to move to 16-4 and four here in the flyweight division at UFC Nashville. In the featherweight division at UFC Nashville, you got Billy Q, a.k.a. Billy Quarantillo, coming in at 17-5, taking on Damon Jackson, who comes in at 22-5. and five. Two guys with... A lot of wins and just five losses, basically. Damon Jackson, one inch taller at 5'11". They're both 34 years old. Damon Jackson, one inch reach advantage, 71 to 70. Jackson is switch stance fighter. Quarantillo stands right-handed. Quarantillo lands a lot more significant strikes per minute, 7.9 versus 2.8. That's a considerable advantage. Quarantillo like a takedown every other round. Jackson, very close to a takedown on average per round, but just shy of that. So very close in the takedown game, but Billy Q has a big advantage in the striking. But he has just a 58% takedown defense. That's not great. Lost to Edson Barbosa by KO in his last fight, beat Alexander Hernandez by KO before that, and lost a decision to Shane Burgos. Those are the last three fights. He's one and two. Now Damon Jackson lost to 50K Dan Ige by KO. But before that, ran off four in a row against Pat Sabatini, Dan Argueta, Camuela Kirk, and Charles Rosa. So he's won four of the last five overall. And, you know, I like what Damon Jackson uh, is doing over the last five fights. I mean, he got KO'd by Dan Ige, a guy with a lot of power. Um, and th this is really, to me, an even matchup. But I just like Billy Quarantillo uh, a little bit quicker. On the feet, in my opinion, obviously, that's why he's landing so many significant strikes. And he's doing this over, you know, eight, nine fights. I mean, you're landing darn near eight significant strikes per minute. Damon Jackson better go for takedowns and better go for him early and often. 
the round one is key for Damon Jackson. If it continues on, the takedowns are going to be harder. Billy Quarantillo is going to get faster and stronger throughout the fight. And the longer it goes, the better off for Billy Q. And it could be as early as round one he gets off. But if not, he's definitely getting off in rounds two and three. Therefore, I got to go with Billy Q to win this fight to move to 18 and five, likely on significant strikes. We'll love to see the finish, but a decision will work too here in the featherweight division at UFC Nashville. In the welterweight division at UFC Nashville, you got Jeremiah Wells coming in at 12 and two, taking on Carlston Harris, who comes in at 18 and five. Now, Harris, three inches taller at six feet. He's got a two inch reach advantage. He stands right handed where Wells can switch it up. Always an advantage when a guy. Uh, is switched stance. Harris, uh, 4.1 significant strikes per minute. Wells, 2. Point, actually, right at 3 significant strikes per minute. So Harris is going to land about 15 to 17 more significant strikes throughout the fight should it go the distance. But one thing that will play a factor in this fight is the takedown game. Wells, well over one takedown per round. Harris, right at one takedown per round. And when you have that, you got to look further at takedown defense. Right now, Jeremiah Wells... In four fights, 100% takedown defense. Carlson Harris, 75%. So he's stopping three out of four, which is not bad. Now, Wells is coming off wins over. He's 4-0 in the UFC, beating Matthew Semmelsberger by split decision. He also beat Court McGee, uh, beat Diamond, and Wardley Alves. Three of those four by finish. Semmelsberger took him the distance, and that was a split decision win for him. Now, Harris, on the other hand, uh, beat Jared Gooden by decision, lost to Shavkat Rachmanov by KO. You'd expect that. Beat Impa Kasanganai and Christian Aguilera. So, you know, he's 3-1 and one in the UFC and will be 3-1 and one even if he was much better. It's hard, So it's hard to, you know, say exactly where he's at. These are two guys that are virtually undefeated in the UFC, so I expect a banger here. Uh, Carlson Harris with a little bit of a reach and height advantage. Jeremiah Wells, shorter to the ground, is going to try to land some takedowns. And this is why when you look at the odds, it's darn near even, as it should be. But I'm going to lean uh, towards Carlson Harris because I think even though he's a, he, he's, it's not quite even. He's a slight, I mean, slight underdog. But being in there with Shavkat Rachmanov, to me, is going to pay off. Yeah, he finished him, but it's still a big deal to get in when guys the likes of that type of talent. Even though you lose, it helps you out in experience. So I think that experience is going to pay off here. 75% takedown defense won't cut it. If he can't defend the takedowns, he's going to lose the fight. If he can, he's going to keep it standing and outstrike Wells. And that's what I'm banking on. Defend the takedowns, outstrike Wells in two out of three rounds, get the win to move to 19-5. and five. That's my opinion. Welterweight division, UFC, Nashville. In the Bantamweight division at UFC at Nashville, you got Kyler Phillips coming in at 10 and 2, taking on Rayoni Barcelos, who comes in at 17 and 4. Man, and this is going to be a ridiculous fight. Phillips, one inch taller at 5'8. He's 28 years old. Barcelos getting up there a little bit at 36. Kyler Phillips has a five inch reach advantage. Both guys land about five and a half significant strikes per minute. Phillips lands a takedown per round. Barcelos, like a takedown every other round. So, one stat that'll be important here is takedown defense. Kyler Phillips right at 70%. Rayoni Barcelos, 93%. So that makes things very interesting because the one area that Phillips has an advantage, Rayoni Barcelos defends the takedowns really well. Now, Phillips, 
uh, beat Marcelo Rojo by submission in his last fight. Lost to Raleigh and Pava by majority decision and beat others like Song Adon and Cameron else. So he's only lost one fight in his last several fights. Now Barcelos coming off the loss to Umar Nurmagomedov by KO. But he did beat Trevin Jones by decision and lost to Victor Henry by decision and Tamur Valiev by decision. Tamur Valiev, a guy that was booted from the UFC fighting in the Ultimate Fighter. So despite the great takedown defense, Barcelos has struggled to pick up wins um, in three of his last four fights. So he came into the UFC at one point in time with a great record, ran off five in a row against like Khalid Taha, uh, Saeed Nurmagomedov, but since then uh, has lost three of the last four, so that's not good. So because of that and the momentum, I like what Kyler Phillips is doing uh, in his career. You know, he, he came into the UFC uh, with one loss, is 5-1 and one in the UFC, 5-1 and one outside of the UFC, he did have that one loss outside of the UFC, but seems to have picked it up since entering. I mean, I'm really nervous about Barcelos uh, with the takedown defense and the 17 wins. But because he has struggled lately, I think that's going to be a factor in this fight. I, I think Barcelos is probably a little bit better than Kyler Phillips, honestly. But when you factor in, you know, the direction that these two are headed, uh, I got to go with Kyler Phillips. He's got the momentum. Right, but he's going to have to land some takedowns. If he stays on the feet with Barcelos, Barcelos is going to match up well. The fight's going to be even. But if he can get some takedowns and some control time, that could be the difference in this fight, and it's not going to be easy. But look for Phillips to still try to land him. Whether he can land him or not, we'll see. But I still like him to win this fight, even if it does stay on the feet. Uh, he'll outstrike Barcelos to move to 11-2, and two, in my opinion. Bantamweight division, UFC. Nashville in the lightweight division at UFC in Nashville the best division in the UFC the hardest division to make predictions on you got Ignacio Bahamandes coming in at 14 and 4 impressive taking on another impressive guy Ludovic Klein who comes in at 19 and 4 as well and you can tell by the record you see this up and down the division a lot of fighters with a lot of wins and a few losses and who knows what happens when they get in the octagon and close that door but this is the first fight in the main card Ignacio Six-inch height advantage, uh, six-three versus five-seven. He's just twenty-five years old. Klein at twenty-eight. Ignacio also has a three-inch reach advantage, seventy-six inches versus seventy-three inches. He fights right-handed. Klein fights left-handed. Ignacio very active, nearly eight significant strikes per minute to three point five for Ludovic Klein. Uh, in terms of the takedown game, that favors Ludovic, and he might be able to get some takedowns, being that he's shorter and can shoot to the hips much easier. Ignacio, though, 95% takedown defense, so forget about it. Coming off three straight wins against Trey Ogden by decision, uh, Rong Zhu by submission, and Roosevelt Roberts, who we see right now in the Ultimate Fighter, he KO'd him in the third round. His last loss was to John McDessey, and that was just by split decision. Now, Mr. Highlight, a.k.a. Ludovic Klein, 81% takedown defense. Another reason for this to be a stand-up a striking affair. Ludovic Klein lost to Jai Herbert in his last fight by majority decision, but he did beat Mason Jones and Devontae Smith previously. Devontae Smith is a, a really good fighter in the lightweight division, and he outstruck him 60-53. to 53. So this is going to be a very, very tough fight for both fighters, but I'm going to lean towards Ignacio Bahamandes to win simply because 
They both have good takedown defense. Bahamandes, 95% takedown defense, which plays right into his striking skills. And a guy that's landing eight significant strikes per minute with great takedown defense, forget about it. How do you go against him? I like Bahamandes to win this fight by decision. Maybe he overwhelms Ludovic Klein. Maybe not. We'll see. But he wins, in my opinion, here in the light heavyweight or in the lightweight division, excuse me, at UFC Nashville. In the light heavyweight division at UFC Nashville, you got Tanner Boser, the Canadian, coming in at 20 and 10, taking on Alexa Kamur, who comes in at just 6 and 2. Now, Boser, one inch height advantage at 6'2. He's 31. Younger than I thought he was. Kamur just 27. Boser has a two inch reach advantage, 76 for 74. They both fight right handed. Kamur has an advantage in significant strikes, 4.8 per minute compared to 4.2 for Boser. But Boser's going to be a little quicker in the light heavyweight division. Not many takedowns to speak of uh, from either fighter. So this will be a stand up striking affair. Bozer, 61% takedown defense. He lost to Ian Kudalaba by KO. Lost to Rodrigo Nascimento by split decision and KO'd OSP, Ovens St. Preux. That's interesting, but he's lost four of his last five. That's not good. Alexa Kamur, coming off the loss to Nikolai Negamoreno by split decision. Also lost to William Knight by decision, but beat guys you should like Justin Ledette by decision. And at the contender series, Fabio Chirant. So... Neither fighter has been impressive right now, but Tanner Boser is just better than Alexa Kamur, just on sheer experience. I mean, this is not one that Tanner Boser can lose. He should dominate this fight. That'll be the bigger question. I think he will get the first round finish to move to 21 and 10. In my opinion, light heavyweight division, UFC Nashville. In the featherweight division at UFC Nashville, you got Diego Lopez coming in at 21 and 6. A Brazilian takes on the Canadian Gavin Tucker who comes in at 13-2. and two. Lopez, 5 inches taller at 5'11". He's 28. Tucker, 37. Lopez has a 7-inch reach advantage, 73-66. to 66. That's cons a considerable advantage. He fights right-handed. Tucker fights left-handed. Now, that's where the advantages end because Tucker lands 4.4 significant strikes per minute to 2.3 for Lopez. He also lands a takedown on average per round. Lopez, none to speak of. Lopez has not had much success. 36% takedown defense, losing to Mavsar of Loeb by decision. He also lost to uh, Joe Anderson Brito by decision at the Contender Series. So he's had two tough fights. Now, Gavin Tucker coming off the loss to Dan 50K Ige, but he did beat Billy Q. He beat Justin Janes by submission, beat Sung Woo Choi by submission, and lost to Ricky Glenn by decision. So this is an easy one for me. I mean, maybe Gavin Tucker's getting started late in the game at 37, just 15 fights in at that age. That's rough, but still, uh, he's trending upward right now. And he's still got a few years left before he hits 40. So Gavin Tucker, to me, has all types of advantages in this fight, except getting through the reach of Lopez. That's something to watch. But he does have the power. In my opinion, the power pays off, and he outstrikes Lopez, maybe lands some takedowns and uh, gets some ground and pound in there, along with control time. But despite him being the underdog, underdog, I like him to win this fight to move to 14-2 here in the featherweight division, UFC Nashville. In the light heavyweight division at UFC Nashville, you got a great fight here. Dustin Jacoby, 18-7. Kennedy Zachukwu comes in at 12-3. And, and this should be a very close and very tough prediction, I might add. Now, Kennedy, two inches taller at 6'5". These are big boys. He's 31. Jacoby, 35. Kennedy... 
big reach advantage, 83 versus 76. So you're looking at about seven inches. Kennedy fights left-handed, Jacoby fights right-handed. Now in terms of significant strikes, it's pretty close. Jacoby, 5.4 per minute. Kennedy, 4.9. So, uh, you know, about a half a significant strike per minute. That's you're looking at like a seven significant strike difference. Takedown game really non-existent between these two. So Jacoby's going to be trying to fight to get inside the reach of Kennedy, and that's where the fight will play out. Jacoby, 60% takedown defense. He's got back-to-back -back losses over Azamat uh, Az Mirzakanov by decision, and he lost a split decision to Khalil Roundtree. But beat fighters like Da Woon Jung and Michael uh, Alexi Chuck, to name a few. Kennedy, on the other hand, three straight wins over Devin Clark, submission. Ian Kudalaba, KO. Carl Roberson, KO. And that's all I need to see. Dustin Jacoby's a bad boy, but Kennedy's going to keep him at distance, and that's the way he's going to win this fight. I think Kennedy outstrike him despite the numbers because Jacoby's just going to struggle to get inside the reach. And Kennedy's going to pick him apart in at least two of these three rounds to get the decision, in my opinion, to move to 13-3, and three, light heavyweight division, UFC, Nashville. In the women's strawweight division at UFC and Nashville, you got Jessica Andrade, the Brazilian, coming in at 24-11, taking on Tatiana Suarez, undefeated rising fighter. She comes in at 10-0. Now she's got a four-inch height advantage over Andrade. Four-inch reach advantage. She fights left-handed. Andrade fights right-handed. Andrade, more significant strikes at 6.8 per minute to 4.3 for Suarez. But Suarez likes to land takedowns. In fact, over two takedowns per round for her. Andrade, just shy of one takedown per round. But Andrade, 73% takedown defense. That'll help. She's coming off back-to-back -back losses to Jan Gionin by KO and Aaron Blanchfield by submission. So, She's bounced back and forth between two divisions, even though she's ranked high in both, hasn't had much traction when she got to the top. Suarez has a lot to prove. 100% takedown defense. Beating the fighters that she should beat, right? Montana De La Rosa, Nina Nunez, Carla Esparza, Alexa Grasso, Vivian Pereira. So she's got some big wins on the resume, and it's very, very hard for me to go against Jessica Andrade, but I have to. Tatiana Suarez seems like one of those fighters that's on the rise, She's beating who's put in front of her. This is going to be the toughest test of her career so far, I believe, just because Andrade has her back against the wall. But that won't matter in the long run. I think Suarez pulls away in round three in a very close fight. Uh, she'll lead in takedowns. It won't be easy to gain control on the ground, but keep an eye on the significant strikes. But she's going to shoot for takedown after takedown and try to put Andrade in bad positions. In doing so, she'll get to victory likely by control time but mainly on takedowns look for five six seven takedowns if this thing goes a full three rounds in doing so she'll get the win to remain undefeated move to 11-0 in my opinion women's strawweight division ufc nashville in a catchaway fight and your main event at ufc nashville you got Corey sanhagen coming in at 16 and 4 taking on rob font who comes in at 20 and 6 and this is going to be a banger of a fight make no mistake about it Sanhagen, three inches taller at 5'11". He's 31. Rob Font's getting a little older at 36 years old. Believe it or not, despite the three-inch height uh, disadvantage, I guess you could say, Rob Font does have a two-inch reach advantage. He fights right-handed. Sanhagen, as you know, is a switch dance fighter. Both guys hovering right around six significant strikes per minute. Both guys land about a takedown over the course of three rounds. So they're very, very close in the stats. Now, Sanhagen, 64% takedown defense. 
where I've fallen 55%. Sanhagen is coming off a huge win over Marlon Vera by split decision. 128 significant strikes to 58. How's the split decision? I don't know. He dominated. He also beat Song Yudong by a fourth round KO. Now, he did lose to Piotr Jan. That was 2021 Piotr Jan and TJ Dillashaw by split decision. Now, Rob Font coming off the win over Adrian Yanez by KO. He did lose to Marlon Vera by decision and Jose Aldo by decision. So, in case this was a tough prediction, it no longer is. Sanhagen beat Marlon Vera. Rob Font lost to him. And that win by Sanhagen over Vera uh, was impressive and important because you had a guy that was trending. Right. I mean, Marlon Vera was trending upward. He was running through people until he got stopped by Sanhagen. So this is an easy one for me. Despite the numbers, I mean, they're very close, but the Marlon Vera win is the difference in this fight. And that's why Sanhagen is the favorite. I think Sanhagen wins, pulls this thing out by decision uh, on significant strikes and takedowns. You know, he's going to lead by a lot of significant strikes. He's going to have more takedowns. He should cruise to victory, but even when he dominates his opponents, the decisions are always close, so look out for that. Hopefully it won't be a robbery, but Sanhagen wins to 17-4. Rob Font falls to 20-7. Catchweight fight, main event, UFC, Nashville.